From the Shield versus Team Hell No to the Tribal Chief versus the Master of the S Movement, this is the history of Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first from London, England, the 2000s Wrestling Nerd. Hello there, and welcome to the 2000s Wrestling Nerd Podcast. I am Richard, aka Daniel Bryan22, aka The Nerd. And I thank you for choosing to listen to my crazy little podcast today on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and we're now available on Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and Google Podcasts. So we're making a lot of developments. And there's been a lot of developments in the wrestling industry as well since uh, we were last together. Um, I've been not well the last few weeks, so I had a little break from some of the things that I've been putting together, including this podcast. But there's been a lot going on in the wrestling industry. People have been sick in the wrestling industry as well. Coronavirus outbreak at the uh, Performance Center in Florida. Uh, We've had a lot of movement. We've had Andrade just leave WWE a couple of days ago. And Charlotte Flair apparently speaking up on his behalf to let my fiance go. Yep, that's a thing. Um, We have had Big Show go to AEW. Uh, Big Show has now cast off his slave name and is now Paul White once again. That's a very, very big veteran presence to have in AEW, no pun intended. We've had Christian go to AEW, and apparently he's getting in the mix right away for a world championship match. I will definitely, definitely watch Kenny Omega vs. Christian. I've not had a lot of interest in a lot of AEW stuff, but... Seeing Christian, one of the best wrestlers that has ever been. He's just an enthralling wrestler that I love to watch in the ring. Having Christian there will definitely, definitely make me sit up for a little while. We've had a couple of pay-per-views in the WWE. And we've had a couple of new WWE champions. Drew McIntyre lost the WWE Championship via Money in the Bank to The Miz. And then The Miz promptly lost that to Bobby Lashley. The definition of a transitional champion. It was simply to just get the title on Bobby Lashley. Interesting. Now then, that's a lot of things to talk about, but today we are talking about Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. And all of those topics are things that we can come back to. I really do want to talk about The Miz and Bobby Lashley, believe it or not. I was planning to because of their previous world championship reigns in the WWE. Yes, Bobby Lashley was world champion before this. He was the ECW world champion. Least important world championship WWE's ever seen, but it happened. Aight. But perhaps we'll come back to that another day. But today, we are going to talk about a highly anticipated match, something I've been looking forward to for a very long time which just happened recently at Fastlane, and all about the history of Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief. I didn't think maybe the head of the table, I never thought you'd be afraid to fight somebody like, oh, but you know what, now it's all starting to make sense. Maybe that changed last week because, you know, for years, a lot of people have thought that I was better than you. 
You know, I, I thought I was better than you. But you never thought that. You always had self-confidence. But last week, I proved it because I did something that you could never do. And I made Jey Uso quit. Does that now, if you've been a WWE fan or a member of the WWE universe for the last maybe eight years or so, I think Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan is the tippy-top match, the top match you could ever really have between the full-time superstars of WWE. Because if you've been watching the last eight years, you have lived through, in some respect or another, at least for a little while, John Cena. John Cena was the man of WWE for over a decade, the top guy, the world champion, the face of the company, as they like to say. And there was no challenger to his spot in that time. Sure, there was a lot of superstars when he started off. There was Triple H, Jericho, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. But they all retired one after the other. There was Batista as well. But they all sort of left and left John Cena there. And he was the guy. He stuck around. He was the guy. And there were a lot of uh, contenders for the throne of the top guy in WWE. There was Randy Orton, who is also still around. CM Punk. Very, very nearly made it to the very tippy top, the John Cena level, um, but didn't really. And we've had some sort of failures. We've had Ryback. We've had a lot of guys. But of all the people in the WWE, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are the two that came the closest and that are the closest, really, in terms of popularity, in terms of crowd reaction, in terms of match quality, in terms of push as we like to say, from the higher-ups, the powers that be in the WWE. And they actually have a very rich history, which is amazing when you look back at it. It's one of the most real feuds that you can have in WWE, because there's a lot of reality mixed in here, and that's what we're going to be looking at. So, looking between the two, Roman and Daniel... To see their matches together, to see their first interactions together, we can go all the way back to The Shield. Yes, when The Shield debuted in November 2012 against Team Hell No. Well, first, they started off by beating up John Cena and Ryback to help CM Punk retain the WWE Championship at Survivor Series that year. Eventually, their association morphed into feuding with Team Hell No, the team of Kane and Daniel Ryan. I am the tag team champions. Great <laughs> chemistry and comedy between the two. Their early feud with uh, AJ Lee and CM Punk. Gosh, that's funny how that turned out, seeing that AJ Lee is married to Mr. Punk. Um, we had the anger management segments, Dr. Shelby evolving into Team Hell No, Generally, a great time, especially for Daniel Bryan, because he was showing that he had character. He was not just one of the best wrestlers in the whole wide world, but he was also a great character and very giving as a personality. He could be funny and he could be serious, not unlike Kurt Angle. They all meet at TLC 2012, The Shield, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns versus... Kane, Daniel Bryan, and Ryback in the first ever six-man tables, ladders, and chairs match. 
at the last pay-per-view of 2012. It was a great match. I recently went back and rewatched it on the WWE Network. Shame, by the way, if you're in the United States and you're going to be missing the archives of WWE for a while, because it's all moving to Peacock. Um, over here, Peacock's is a chain of clothes, uh, very, very cheap clothes. So I was very confused at first as to hearing why a, a clothes store was taking over the WWE Network, but we got that figured out. But hey, while you still got the archives, go ahead and check out this match. It's damn good. It very much set up the Shield as a serious personality. Dean Ambrose as the uh, almost sadist mankind emotional guy who would scratch and claw and do anything and brawl. Seth Rollins very much as the pretty boy high flyer. Um, and Roman Reigns as the power guy. And <laughs> watching the match, I was very much surprised that Roman had a great deal of personality. I always remembered him as just sort of the silent muscle with uh, a few ticks here and there. But at a point, he just ripped the uh, Spanish announce table apart at ringside during the match and said, Get up, fools! This is my table now! <laughs> that was pretty fun. So he showed off a lot of good work in the match. Everybody did. It was a great match. Eventually, the Shield won. And that was really the first chapter of Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns uh, within these teams. Daniel Bryan and Kane continue their run as tag team champions through 2013. As we said, uh, Daniel Bryan is developing as a personality. The crowd are behind him all the way in the entrances, actually, at TLC. Uh, Daniel Bryan clearly has the biggest reaction. Everybody in the crowd loves the guy. The hardcore fans... And the casual, the more casual uh, family sort of fans, because he's got appeal everywhere at this point. And he's really moving along nicely. There's a lot of six-mans and interactions and stuff between Hell No, Team Hell No, and The Shield. But the most notable ones are, first of all, the debut of The Shield. Then in 2013, at uh, Extreme Rules, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania that year, uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane lose the tag team championships that they've had for... I think well over six, seven, eight months at this point, to da, 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 Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Daniel, uh, sorry, Dean Ambrose was very much the singles guy of the group, and Roman Reigns and Seth were the team. And they won the tag team championship in a uh, match, in a tornado match with no tags in it. I do like tornado tag matches, they should be done more often. Um, it was a very nondescript match, very short. It was. Pretty much just to get the titles on The Shield. But it was important. And finally, a few weeks later, The Shield suffered their first uh, six-man loss on an episode of SmackDown just before Payback that year. In May, they lost to Randy Orton and Team Hell No, Kane and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan got the tap out on Seth Rollins. It was such a fast-paced match as well. You should definitely check that out. Um... As far as Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan go, their shield matches and interactions really didn't set the stage for anything personal, but it's just interesting that it all happened. So what happens after that? Well, Daniel Bryan losing the tag team titles, he moves on to singles, all through the summer wrestles Randy Orton and The Fall, and eventually winds up 
uh, at WrestleMania next year, WrestleMania 30, becoming the WWE champion, defeating all three members of Evolution in one night, famously to become the champion. In that same night, The Shield defeated the New Age Outlaws and Kane in a six-man tag team match. So Roman Reigns is very much still developing. The Shield have turned heel from heel to baby faces. And the next night on Monday Night Raw as well, Daniel Bryan has a brief angle where he's supposed to wrestle Triple H for the WWE Championship and The Shield come out and help him and destroy Triple H. So Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan are both baby faces. Everybody wants to have their babies. They're pretty popular. Daniel Bryan more so because he's the man, but suddenly his world championship reign is cut short because Daniel Bryan gets injured. Neck injury, I believe. He has to give up that championship. Uh, At payback, I think it was on pay-per-view? Not sure. But on that same night, The Shield have their last match together against Evolution, and the next night, Seth Rollins stabs Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns in the back, turns heel, Roman Reigns goes solo as a babyface. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins start fighting with each other because Dean Ambrose is crazy and unhinged and really torn up about the Shield breakup. And Roman Reigns just goes and be singles and is basically thrust into the main event. Main event's a couple of pay-per-views in multi-man matches. It's really strange, but it happens. Roman Reigns just kind of moves on and becomes the guy. And it's pretty transparent that WWE want him to be the next guy, the next top guy, the next face of WWE. At SummerSlam, he faces Randy Orton in his first singles pay-per-view match and wins. Then Roman Reigns gets an injury. I think he tore his hernia or his nutsack or something like that and had to be away for a few months. During this time, all through this time, Daniel Bryan is still rehabbing and wondering if he can come back. Eventually, Roman Reigns comes back from his little injury at December 2013, December 2014, sorry, and cuts one of the worst promos about deglaring himself in the Royal Rumble for next month and staring into the camera and forgetting his lines. That was an epic night. Then Daniel Bryan returns a few weeks later or a week later or something like that and declares that he is in the Royal Rumble. So he will be returning from his seven or so months off of injury and rehab. And the stage is set for Royal Rumble 2015. The previous Royal Rumble 2014, famously, uh, Batista won and Roman Reigns was the runner-up. The crowd were cheering for Roman Reigns Half because he was cool and spearing fools, and half because he wasn't Batista. That crowd did not want Batista in the main event at all. So, last year the Royal Rumble was very much looked down upon because of that weird decision to go against the crowd. What were they going to do for Royal Rumble 2015? Go against the crowd again, of course. Daniel Bryan... Enters the Royal Rumble. Cinderella story. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody's happy to see him. This is his year. He's come back to reclaim the world championship he never lost. To get that championship match of Brock Lesnar, who's the WWE champion that we never got to see at WrestleMania. It's a dream match. It's a dream scenario. It's a layup. It's the most obvious thing that Daniel Bryan should win. And then he gets tossed by Bray Wyatt like a sack of crap in less than five minutes. 
<laughs> it's amazingly tone deaf and the crowd hate it. The, I believe it was Philadelphia, the Philadelphia crowd hate it. Next in the Royal Rumble, Goldust comes out and Shattered Dreams is on the Titantron. It's just rubbing salt into the wound. Shattered Dreams, everybody. Daniel Bryan is uh, not doing what you hoped he would. Screw you. You suck. Give us your money. Then Roman Reigns comes out and it's becoming clearly obvious that Roman Reigns is winning this Rumble. And he does. But the crowd don't like it. Especially with Big Show and Kane teaming up and throwing out every other crowd favorite like sacks of crap very slowly. They throw out Bray Wyatt, they throw out Dean Ambrose, they throw out Dolph Ziggler, all of which the crowd would rather have seen win the Royal Rumble other than Roman Reigns. Finally, Roman Reigns dumps both of them. They get beat up. Sorry, Roman Reigns gets beat up. But then The Rock comes out and The Rock gets a terrible reaction for helping Roman Reigns. Finally, Rusev comes in and they do that stupid finish where there's one guy left in the Battle Royal, but you didn't know he was there. But Roman Reigns wins. The Rock holds up his hand. The crowd are booing. They want to kill everybody. And The Rock does not understand. Why do you hate me so much? <laughs> or I'd Oh, actually, I would go as far as to say, no, he understood. He was looking at them like, really? You gave this to me in 1997, booing the crap out of me, and we're going to give it to this guy again. Cool. No worries. Daniel Ryan was supposed to be the man that night. Everybody knows it. You know it. I know it. Your mum knows it. Everybody except the WWE. Well, there was no course correction there because Roman Reigns would go on to main event WrestleMania. Or did he? A match was set for Fast Lane, and that match was Daniel Ryan versus Roman Reigns. It was for the number one contendership at WrestleMania. Why did they do this? Well, the next night after the Royal Rumble and the most controversial Royal Rumble uh, reception, you could say, in history, the crowd absolutely hating it, there was a blizzard and Monday Night Raw in its usual form was cancelled. And they presented on Monday Night Raw that night on the USA Network the Royal Rumble match from pay-per-view last night. Mm, a little bit sweetened <laughs> with the audio and a couple of interviews here and there because they couldn't do a whole show. Uh, WWE is showing a bit of uh, thinking, ahead thinking, like we've done for the pandemic so far. WWE showing that they can think on the fly and change things and make good shows, or at least try to, under ridiculous circumstances. So that was a thing. That was important because if we would have got a live crowd to see Roman Reigns the night after that disaster Royal Rumble, I think that could have killed Roman Reigns as a uh, singles guy right there and then. That would have been it for him. But that didn't happen. The WWE had a week to think about what to do with this reaction, they said they'd address the controversy of what happened at the Royal Rumble on the next Monday Night Raw. And they did by saying that <laughs> The Rock shouldn't have interfered in the match. Therefore, the end of the match is disputed. And Roman Reigns, though he's won the Rumble, 
should not go straight to WrestleMania. He should go for his Seth Rollins and or Daniel Ryan. And it turns out to just be Daniel Ryan after Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan have a match that night. You following? That is one of the rare instances of WWE taking what happens in real life and having to use it on TV. As you know, WWE is fake, uh, sorry, predetermined. Every outcome is planned. Plans don't really change unless their hand is forced. And hands have never really been forced in WWE by really, really bad crowd reactions. There have been, like, really, shall we say, unwarranted uh, crowd reactions that go against the on-screen narrative before. We have had Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels, where Madison Square Garden absolutely wanted to tar and feather Shawn Michaels and got behind the evil heel Psycho Sid. Um, We had WrestleMania 20 back in 2004, when... Goldberg faced Brock Lesnar in both of their final matches and the crowd absolutely hated it and even WWE were forced to mention on screen Brock Lesnar is leaving and that's why this crowd hate his guts and Goldberg is leaving that's why this crowd hate his guts too so that's the first instance where the WWE has to say to everybody look this wasn't part of the narrative that we planned but just so you know This crowd is booing the crap out of both of these guys and want to kill them and sell them off to a career at McDonald's because X, Y, Z. And it looked like, in this instance, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, they were going to mention, hey, you know what? You booed the crap out of Roman Reigns. You hated him. And we're going to put this in the story. That's what they sort of tease by saying we're going to address the controversy. Instead, they went a sort of different way, which is... Half clever and a little bit chickeny. I've been dying for them to mention in a meta sort of way that Roman Reigns was the chosen one. And I think that would have kind of helped him a little bit if they just come out and say, you know, something more close to reality rather than pretending he was the underdog all the time and that he was fighting against the establishment. I mean, he is the establishment. He is who they wanted on top. And why wouldn't they? He's a good-looking man. He looks like he's shaped like an Oscar statue. He's great for the face of the company. Not a bad wrestler either. But we ended up getting to Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan in a different sort of way. But it was there. And that would happen at Fastlane. Whew, there's a lot to handle there. Between Dan and Fastlane, Daniel Bryan cuts a promo on Roman Reigns, which I found very interesting. And he says something to the effect of, you're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. You're perhaps not as good looking as me, but that's besides the point. And when it comes to wrestling, I am a better wrestler than you. And again, that's sort of teasing the reality, the thing that we already know. The thing that the crowd are dying to say, that Daniel Bryan is better than Roman Reigns. Why is Roman Reigns in this spot? It's Daniel Bryan's time. So they're sort of teasing at it while keeping it kayfabe, while keeping it within the fourth wall. They are sort of teasing reality, and I liked it. I did like it a lot. I also liked the match at Fastlane, 2000 and, uh, what was it, 15. I did like that match very much. 
I don't like Fastlane. I think Fastlane is a terrible pay-per-view. And I think <laughs> I don't like these Road to WrestleMania pay-per-views that is very blatantly just about the Road to WrestleMania and not sort of an isolated event. You know, back in the day when the February pay-per-views were no way out, it felt like you knew it was on the way to WrestleMania, but it wasn't like rubbed in your face as much. You know, there were things that happened at No Way Out that were great, that were iconic moments. Now it's just stuff that happens just to get us to WrestleMania. We had things like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin returning in 2003 and the NWO debuting in 2002 and Eddie Guerrero winning the world champion, the WWE championship in 2004. Now it's just stuff that happens because it needs to set up WrestleMania. But hey, that's the state of the WWE now, I guess. But this match was great. That's what I'm saying. It was Roman Reigns' second only singles match on pay-per-view. And Daniel Bryan did a good job with him. And Roman Reigns very much held up his end. It was a good match. It was very definitively just to put over Roman Reigns as deserving of the main event slot at WrestleMania. Deserving of the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. That's all it was supposed to do because Daniel Bryan got everything. He hit him with the knee. He put the yes lock on him. He put multiple submissions on him and he lost. He was not the better man. And the next night on Monday Night Raw, he came out and said as much in a very, very strange sort of promo, which again tried to lean into the uh, backstage uh, crowd opinion, if you will of Roman Reigns at this point, Daniel Bryan basically came out and said, I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that I deserved to beat you. I thought I was more deserving than you. I thought I was better than you. And that's what the crowd thinks at this point, because we want to have Daniel Bryan's babies at this point. We love Daniel Bryan. We think he should be on top. And Daniel Bryan is again out here on the microphone, basically saying, I think you suck. I thought you suck, but then you beat me. And I don't think there's anyone else more deserving. I don't have the exact words of it, but it was a very sucky sort of promo, very sucky uppy sort of promo that was trying to definitively put Roman Reigns above Daniel Bryan, as if the match of Fastlane, the great match of Fastlane, didn't do already. Then Paul Heyman comes out. And cuts a promo on Roman Reigns that really exacerbates the problem a bit. It was a great promo, but the wrong time. And I've not forgotten it since I watched it. He comes out and says something to the effect of, if Roman Reigns in his prime faced Hulk Hogan in his prime, then Roman Reigns would win. If Roman Reigns faced John Cena in his prime, if Roman Reigns faced Stone Cold Steve Austin in his prime, The Rock in his prime, uh, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels in his prime, he, Paul Heyman, would bet on Roman Reigns. Uh, but because he's going against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, he will bet on Brock Lesnar. That was the promo. And once again, it seems really premature to go with such a hard sell to go with such hard compliments on a guy who's had two, one, two singles matches on pay-per-view 
in this era of WWE, it really did feel like the WWE just want to give Roman Reigns the keys to the world at this point, the keys to the company. And while it was a good promo by Paul Heyman and, you know, a good way to go, it was ill-timed and it really just set Roman Reigns up to be the John Cena bootleg, as John Cena would call him out on years later. It was such a hard push for a guy who seemingly didn't necessarily deserve it, although he'd had a lot of cool moments and he'd not done anything wrong per se, the right guy at the right time was still standing there. Daniel Ryan was still there. This happened at WrestleMania the year before, over WrestleMania season. They booed the crap out of Batista to the point that, and CM Punk also left, which sort of forced their hand to say, you know what? Let's put Daniel Ryan in the main event. CM Punk died for Daniel Ryan's sins and put him in the main event of WrestleMania, you could say. There would be no such salvation this year around. Daniel Ryan would go on to the Intercontinental title match and win the title. And Roman Reigns would go on to the main event to face Brock Lesnar and lose. Getting cashed in on by Seth Rollins in the heights of the century as Michael Cole would call it on commentary. Iconic moment. Iconic night. But we didn't get our Daniel Ryan in the main event of WrestleMania moment. Well, what can you say? It's very much, as I said before, the people's choice versus the company choice. And we really did not get Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for a long time. Daniel Bryan would retire for a brief while shortly after this. Roman Reigns would go on to win several world championships. He would uh, get about a relapse of leukemia and have to forfeit the Universal Championship a couple of years ago. So there was not a lot of time uh, for Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns to be on the same active roster and fight each other until recently. Last summer, in August 2020, during the pandemic, Roman Reigns returned from a long health-related hiatus after ditching WrestleMania that year, and a week later won the Universal Championship and turned heel and transformed himself with his new shiny teeth, his douchebag beard, his glove of golden gloriousness, his abdomen of steel, and his badass tattoos, he looks like the perfect Universal Champion. That's kind of what we've been wanting from Roman Reigns all along as, uh, you could say, smarter fans. We've just wanted Roman Reigns to go heel and just be a guy we can hate for a while because we know he's the company's choice. But now he gets to lean into that with this tribal chief uh, sort of persona. He gets to lean into what we've known all along, that the WWE want this guy on top. And he is on top. He can be the heel that we've kind of wanted him to be. And Daniel Ryan is also there. And Daniel Ryan hasn't been terribly active over the last year. Uh, he did have a great match uh, against AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown in 2020. It was an awesome, awesome match. But otherwise, Daniel Bryan hasn't done an awful lot. But he's still Daniel Bryan. And when we had the Elimination Chamber and Daniel Bryan won it, 
surviving against five other guys and losing to Roman Reigns in about two minutes immediately following that match. I was quite disappointed because I felt I need to see that Daniel Ryan versus Roman Reigns match because we can have it now. We can have heel, douchebag, terrible Roman Reigns that we just want to boo against our guy, Daniel Bryan. Finally, we sort of got it. We got the Universal Championship match at Fastlane 2021 in the main event. On one of the SmackDowns before that, the contract signing, I believe, Daniel Bryan did briefly point out that, you know what? I'm better than you. And that's why you're not signing this contract, (laughs) Mr. Head of the Table. And once again, they leaned a little bit into that crowd reaction that we've all had for quite a while. Daniel Bryan is the beloved babyface, the rage against the machine guy, fighting against the system. Everything we wished, or everything the company wished that Roman Reigns could have been years before. And it all led to that fast lane 2021 match. Another great match. Until the booking kicked in and Edge screwed up everything and Daniel Bryan got pinned. And I wasn't going to do this show. I was going to do it a couple of weeks ago. The specific history on Daniel Bryan's versus Roman Reigns. I was going to leave it because I felt it was too late uh, by the time I was feeling a bit better a couple of days ago to talk. But the booking, the ending of the Fastlane 2021 match would suggest that Daniel Bryan is going to go to the main event of WrestleMania along with Edge and Roman Reigns in the Universal title match. And me likey. I like that a lot. I want to see Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania once again. I'd like to see him win, but... I can take him going back to that main event that he deserves because he has very clearly been the most popular guy in the company no matter what he does for a long time. There were tears shed when he returned at WrestleMania, uh, I think it was 34. It was a big moment when he could finally come back and be passionate and all that. And Roman Reigns has also grown as a performer and shown off his chops, shown what he can do as a bad guy. And all of this, all of these matches, all of these angles that they've been having recently in 2021 are doing both men a great service. If we don't get to see Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns in some capacity at WrestleMania, be it a triple threat match with Edge, then it's a missed opportunity. I think that's the way that they're going with the way they're booking things on TV, the way that that Fastlane match ended. I thought it was all going to end at Fastlane, and I'm happy it's not, because Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, I think, has been simmering in the background, and in a meta sort of way, one of the best long-running feuds in WWE. Great deal of history, a great deal of real feeling, and resentment, and acceptance, and unacceptance. It's what professional wrestling should be. It's emotional, at least to me. And I hope that this show has been emotional to you in some way or another. It has been for me, because it's my first after a few weeks of being sick again. But thank you for listening. 
on you know wherever good podcasts are sold on spotify or breaker or google Podcasts. we'll be moving to more platforms soon if you enjoyed the show follow me on twitter 2k wrestling nerd leave me a note share it with your friends somewhere and hopefully very soon next week we'll be having another episode of the 2000s wrestling nerd podcast and hopefully we'll have some more light as smackdown is broadcast on whether daniel bryan versus roman reigns versus edge will be a real thing until then i'm richard thank you very much for listening to the podcast and god bless you and take care